there are uh, four narratives. A narrative is a big story that lies behind our stories that different cultures may use to try to convey humanity's biggest need and its solution. One narrative is that I live in a world where I'm fearful of the dark forces and spirits. The solution to that is, well, I need to fix it by gaining power over the darkness. Another narrative is my actions bring shame on me or my family or my community. The solution, I need to fix it by doing what is honourable. Or another narrative is that I live in a world where there is suffering and pain. The solution, I need to fix it by avoiding and minimising suffering and pain. Then the Bible presents us with a different narrative. We could call it the Judeo-Christian narrative, which at first glance might look similar to the first three because the solution is something that I must do to fix the problem. This narrative is my actions are morally wrong and I stand under God's wrath. The solution, I need to fix it by doing what is right. But that's only the first half of the Bible's narrative. That's the narrative of the law. The Bible's narrative starts with law but it ends with grace. See, there's a problem with that solution. The problem is my actions are morally wrong. Uh, Sorry, I, I am unable. So my actions are morally wrong. I stand under God's wrath. I think the solution is to fix it by doing what's right. But the problem is I'm unable to do what is right. And so the solution, the real solution is God saves me by grace through Jesus. Paul has been arguing so far in the book of Romans that attempting to obey the law will not save us. That we are saved by grace through faith, not works. In chapter 6 he showed us that this doesn't mean we can trivialise or justify sin just because we're under grace and not law. And in the first part of chapter 7, he tells us that we have died to the law so that it no longer has a hold over us. Now some people thought and still think that by saying this, Paul is saying that the law is bad as if it was a mistake for God to give it, or even that God has evil intentions in giving the law. What then shall we say that the law is sin? Paul's answer is clear. 
by no means. Notice what he says in verse 12. For the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Why can he say this? Because of what he says in the second half of verse 7. Yet, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. He's not meaning here that those who don't know the biblical law are not sinners, or even that they don't know anything about right or wrong, or good or evil. What he means is that God's law brings home to us the full weight and seriousness of sin and brings us to a place where we know that we need God's mercy and grace. He uses in this passage the example of coveting. Seeing something that someone else has and thinking it would be nice if I had that too. It's something that most people do from time to time. Maybe without thinking that it's really too bad or too wrong. But then God says to us in his law, do not covet. And as Paul says, within us is produced all kinds of covetousness. Why? Because we're sinners, with our hearts turned away from God. And a sinful heart doesn't want to be told what to do, least of all by God. God's law, if obeyed, is designed to give fullness of life. However, because of our sinful hearts, we neither want to nor are able to obey. And the result is death. So the law is good because it tells me the truth about myself, that I am a sinner. See what Paul says about himself and about us in verses 14 to 17. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. His actions confuse him. He knows what is right and even has a desire to do what is right but he finds himself doing the opposite. His head tells him, this is right, do that, and this is wrong, don't do that. But he finds his heart seeking the opposite and his hands follow suit. Even if he wants to do what is right, he cannot. He is trapped by sin. If you're sceptical about this, about the idea that a human being in themselves is unable to be a good person, then I give you a challenge. 
takes one, just one, of God's commands and seeks to live it out perfectly for just one week. It may be one of the Ten Commandments or it may be any one of the commands we find in the New Testament or in Jesus' teaching. Read the command and think through what it would actually look like for you to fulfil that command to its fullest, never failing once. And then next Sunday, tell me how you went. And even if you feel that you do well, remember that this is just one of God's commands. In order to be a truly good person, you must keep not just one, but all of the commands. The New Testament alone contains over 1,000 commands, 250 of which are from the mouth of Jesus himself. So the law is good, because through it I can agree with God that I am a sinner. Then see what he says in verses 18 to 23. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law But when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. We might think that the solution to being unable to do good is just try harder just decide to change or as today's culture tells us to look inside ourselves and to find the capacity to love but this is not possible verse 21 says when I want to do right evil lies close at hand now Paul here is echoing the words of Cain of the words of God to Cain, the son of Adam and Eve, just before he murdered his brother. (coughs) The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain didn't listen to the Lord and he went and murdered his brother Abel. Crouching at the door is a picture of an assailant who waits outside a person's door and attacks them the second they set foot outside. These words to Cain describe the battle of every human being since. A constant ever-raging battle between good and evil 
in which evil always triumphs in our lives and in the world. So the law is good in that it forces us to look outside of ourselves for a solution to the problem. And this solution is seen in verses 24 and 25. Verse 24 describes repentance. Paul says, um, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Repentance is when you say to God, You are right and I am wrong. I can do nothing to save myself or change myself for the better. I need to be saved. Repentance is a genuine cry to God where we throw ourselves upon his mercy, not in wishful thinking, but because we know that he is gracious and merciful and kind and abounding in love. The first part of verse 25 describes faith. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Faith is when you put your trust in Jesus Christ and what he has done. It's recognising that on the cross, Jesus bore in himself all of your sin and shame, all of your fear and failure. He took your hard heart that was turned away from God and he came under the righteous wrath of God in your face. At the cross, Jesus took all of your failure to keep God's commands and was punished. And now, because of that, he offers full forgiveness and a new heart to anyone who comes to him. We know this is true because of the resurrection. Jesus bore our sins into death and then he rose again, leaving our sins in the grave. One last thing that's really important for us to see. Paul could have stopped with the first half of verse 25, but he didn't. The second half of verse 25 tells us that while repentance and faith is the entrance into this new life with God, into forgiveness and peace and hope, This doesn't mean that when we become a Christian, we suddenly stop sinning. Did you notice in this whole passage that Paul writes these verses in the first person, I, and that he writes in the present tense? It's as if he's describing the battle that he faces within himself, even as he writes this letter probably 20 years after he first became a Christian. Christians still battle with sin 
and sometimes that battle is fierce. Many will testify that the battle is greater as you get older because the longer you live, the better you become at seeing your sins. The victory of the Christian life is not that we become better at not sinning, but that we know 8 verse 1 is true. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Knowing God's abundant grace in Jesus, in the face of our sin, is what enables us to come humbly in repentance to God and also enables us to go out from his throne of grace with freedom and joy, empowered and invigorated to serve him and eager to do good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this good, good news that is so simple yet so profoundly true and so deep that your love for us is so great that you gave everything of yourself, that your son went to that cross and laid down all of himself. He laid down even his life for us, that we may be forgiven, that we may know you as Father, that we may be transformed and changed and empowered to live for your glory. Father, I ask for each of us that we will see both the depths of our own sin and our own inability to please you, but at the same time the depths of your grace and love shown in Jesus Christ where all of that sin is taken away and we're free. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing our final song before we have the baptism. How great, how deep the Father's love for us.